Welcome back, everybody. We're on with a friend of mine. I'm so happy to call you a friend, uh, Sarah Savini, who's an amazing, versatile actress um, that does everything. And uh, we're going to talk about everything with her. But first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for jumping onto the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to be here. And yes, it is lovely to see you, my friend. Yeah, I we first uh, we first met at uh, Actors Training Center. By the way, people, if you're in uh, Chicago and area, Actors Training Center is an awesome place to go to. We'll link that uh, below the video. Um, you were teaching uh, on camera classes at ATC. That's where I met you originally, and I thought, wow, what a lovely person, uh, lovely, lovely personality. Not the type of teacher that's going to just bite your head off. And it's easy to learn acting, and it was easy to work with you. So. That was my first impression. That's why I took uh, you know, a few more courses with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I'm an actor as well. And so it's one of those things that the entire reason that we do this, that we that we get into coaching and that we get into teaching is to be able to help people do their best work and be their most authentic self. And so it's not about turning you into me. It's about creating the best version of you in any situation that you're getting with any audition that's coming your way so it doesn't really do me any good to brown beach or anything, you know like it's it doesn't do me any good to do anything other than to see where you're at right now in that moment and then push you you know to be the best version of that thank you and i felt that for sure um okay let's uh, jump into the questions because i want to get to a lot of stuff so early on in your acting career, you you kind of got uh, thrown into a deep end, if you will. And you were on uh, The Gabriels, which was a very cool TV movie with Angela Kinsey and uh, Tim Meadows and a bunch of other folks. It was it was a ton of fun. How was it, you know, somewhat early on in your on-camera career to be in with all of the, you know, quote-unquote stars, people who've been doing this for a long time and have been great and successful at it? Uh, well, yeah, and it seems like it was early-ish in my on-camera life, but then, right. yeah, I'd been here in Chicago working since the 90s <laughs> to whoa, the mid-90s. I started a theater company with my husband. We were around for 13 years. I turned equity, and then I started working there, right. um, went to Second City, all of uh, all of different the things that I kind of led me up to that point in which I was doing a play called... Um, uh, I Love Lucy live on stage, and I was playing a character um, who was very much like my interpretation of the character on the Gabriels. Kathy Kobundi is what her name ended up being. Um, and so I just trusted what I had to bring to the character, and I just didn't really think about where it was going to go next. And that's kind of how it happened. It was really, really quick. You know, I did my first taping, and then they called me back to do with with a few notes and then they flew me to Los Angeles. This was all, Marissa Ross was uh, the casting director. Um, mm -hmm. She was still in Los Angeles at the time. And they, they flew me into Los Angeles and Marissa had told me to bring uh, outfits. Uh, and I, I did, I didn't know any better. So I had this tiny little suitcase that I brought in to the chemistry read and Rob Riggle was there and Jason Weiner and, um, all, the, all the producers and Jason Weiner directed the uh, pilot episode, and um, and so 
I just immediately start unpacking my bag and I'm like, well, I, I don't know which outfit that you would want me to wear. And Marissa is kind of like snickering in the corner and I don't know what's happening. Uh, there was two other women that were there and um, like, you're fine. Just wear what you have on. And I think that she just wanted them to see me as me with my own personality and what that brings. Cause she really just knew that I was this character and I didn't, yeah. I've never tested before. And so she just let me be me. And I improvised, I improvised a lot. I made them laugh in the room and uh, I knew by the time I got to the um, airport that I was in the running. Uh, and then I had to do another screen test with Tim Meadows in Chicago, uh, Skyping because it was a big storm. It was crazy. We did it at Great Talent. Um, and then and then you get booked, you know, you you book it and but then you're still not booked because then you have to do the table read, <laughs> which I didn't know about. Uh, and there was a ton of people in the room. And then you can find out that you don't make it past the table read because we went yeah. into the table read. And the next day when we started two days later, when we started shooting, I had a different son which the the original son was great there was just i guess no chemistry between the two kids so i basically took every moment as a gift it was like getting the golden ticket i was like willy wonka where every moment i just when they told me to be somewhere i was there i was off book i knew exactly where i was supposed to go i knew all of my, all, all and i just said yes to absolutely everything because what i did first of all i didn't know any better and second of all i mean you're you're how lucky are you to be in this moment you're here yeah. and it tested really well it just didn't go it was it was um it was just one of those that didn't go but i loved every moment of it i loved every moment of it uh it was a really great learning experience to just being on a big set yeah and uh i want to dive a little bit more into it because again i am you know at this stage of my career i've never made it to a table read or being booked for anything uh you know, of, uh, of any ilk that people would watch on TV or, uh, or in the cinema. So tell me more about that process because I'm sure that uh, there are a lot of other people who wanna know. So you go through the auditioning stage, then you get to the uh, next one, then you have your chemistry read, then you're booked and you're thinking, okay, I'm good. And then apparently you have that table read. Uh, fill, in the, fill in a few blanks just so that all of us know better. Well, I think that it, it definitely depends on what the role is that you're auditioning for. For yeah. guest stars, they're, they, they're not really, I don't know if they're really as concerned about, but when they're building families and when they're putting people together, yeah. sometimes, and, and if you're not known, which I wasn't mm -hmm. um, out there anyway, um, they just want to make sure that they're not making a mistake and that you and your husband and your children are they they're a family and there's good chemistry on camera um that you guys your energies are good together when in whatever way that they want that to be and it's it's a lot of like i don't want to read my contract because i don't want to know even though you have to sign it before you even get booked you know all of the logistics are done prior to you showing up that first day to record anything or to film anything mm -hmm. so i just didn't look at it <laughs> I didn't I didn't ask a lot of questions. I just kept on saying, okay, you want me to be here then? Fine, I'm right there. What do you want? Do you want the, my hair color? Whatever, whatever color you want. I don't care. And they um they were in class, I know I've said this a bunch of times. And the reason why I say it is because it happened to me. They I didn't go 
on to that audition giving what I thought they wanted. I went into that audition showing them what they needed. And the reason why I know that is because even the, the clothes that I was wearing inspired what the character was ending up wearing during the pilot episode, yeah. including like things that I had in my hair and the way that I had what the dress that I was wearing and all very much correlated with how they began to see the character, which is how she came to be. Um, and so that's really very important is just to remember who you are in every single stage of that process to take nothing for granted and to just stay with with what you know is is you and ask questions. If you're ever confused, you just ask because yeah. people ask questions and don't feel like, oh, gosh, they'll know because we all get imposter syndrome. You know, you get there and you're thinking, oh, they all know that this was a mistake. Yes. <laughs> which is ridiculous because they know you're coming in they know who you are they booked you but yet you walk in you're like oh no no they're gonna they're gonna they're, all of them are gonna know and they're gonna ask me to leave no just stay true to yourself yeah and um i'll come back to that uh, specific thing in a second because um um what you just said about the imposter syndrome and uh you know you going on empire and acting with a few people uh i just Thinking about that, I would get imposter syndrome. Um, but coming back to giving them what they needed, um, I want to make sure that uh, uh, that we understand the the clarification there. It's not that you uh, and I'm I'm guessing right now. Please correct me if I'm wrong. It's not that you were saying, okay, you know, you have the character written as such. Uh, I think you really mean this, and I'm going to do that. It wasn't that. It was. Hey, I'm going to be me the way that I see this and what's true for me, and I'm going to do it. And then it's up to them. They're going to see, hey, that's an interesting take. I like that. Okay, that's how I want the character to be. That's what you meant by it, right? Absolutely. It's just being confident in your choices and not walking in the room and being like, well, what do you want? You know, there is a collaboration that does happen. Once you have shown them whatever it is, and if it resonates, then they might give you direction. You might be wrong in your choice as far as their vision but because of the fact that you walked in and you had an opinion mm -hmm. that um about who that character is what where they're coming from what their relationship is with every single person in the room and it's different it's not just a wash you've yeah. made specific choices then you're showing them who this character might be. And when you're doing it for something that's a pilot where this character has never been seen before on a show that's never been seen before, yeah. you're you're actively giving the writers inspiration about what that character might say five episodes later. Yeah. And so then they get excited and that's usually what happens. You know, your look is one thing. There's there's nothing that you can do if you're too short, if you're too old, too whatever. There are gonna be lots of jobs that you don't get. That you that you acted your best and they loved your performance, but that you just don't that you're not right for. But still, that will get you in the room again. So it's always just about approaching every single side with that same kind. There is there is not even doesn't matter if you're saying two words or seventeen pages. You know. Just be that. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Uh, I, I just wanted to clarify it in case somebody is watching and saying, what? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. More... Don't rewrite it. Don't paraphrase it. It's not about, you know, you're not taking over. But yeah, it's showing who you are and who they can see that character potentially becoming. Perfect. Um, getting to uh, to the <clears throat> to Empire. 
and uh, the imposter uh, uh, syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Just again, and I, I mentioned this when I was uh, when I was speaking to uh, to Michael uh, Kostroff, uh, but you know the the closest that I've gotten to anything was a um, uh, check of bail to being a um, a recurring guest star uh, opposite uh, Ethan Hawke, and just awesome. that thought of oh my God. I could be in the same, you know, many, many scenes with Ethan Hawke. Am I good enough to do this? That's that's kind of the question. And you did 12 episodes of uh, Empire. You've been, you know, season two through four. You've been with Forrest Whitaker, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Taraji uh, uh, Henson with, uh, oh my God, uh, who am I missing? Um, uh, my favorite person. Terrence. Terrence Howard, yeah. And then uh, probably, um, not to offend anybody who, who loves The Wire, but you know, probably my favorite uh, actor from The Wire, Andre uh, Royo. So you've, you've had many scenes with all of these incredible actors. How does that play in terms of the imposter syndrome? Oh my goodness. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. We have, you know, I've talked to you about this before as well. We have the internal voice that is a monster. They're just they're the worst to us. They constantly tell you, you're, you know, all the bad things that you hear inside your head. I've named mine. Her name is Bernice. Nothing against anyone named Bernice, but for some reason that's her name and she's a monster. And so, you know, I've learned over the years how to keep her in the car. I might have the window just down a little bit so she can breathe. And I really, really have to actively keep her out of my head. Otherwise, yeah. it's, it can be, um, it's like when you are parasailing and you're up there and it's beautiful and you're looking down and the, and the ocean's way down there and you think, back of your head, oh my God, I'm so high, I could fall down and die. But you don't, you just go, okay, this is beautiful. And that's the same thing when you go on set. This is amazing. You, you, this, it's amazing, right? You're working, you're a working actor. Mm -hmm. And so it's paying attention, knowing that you are there to serve the story, um, knowing what the point of view is in the scenes that you're a part of. The first two seasons that I was on, my point of view was it was it was it was insignificant. You know, my my point was to be a board member that that basically negated anything that the Lion family. Like I kept giving the we Leonard and I kept giving the company to different people. You know, it would go to one son and then another son. So we were like the foil to the Lion family, even though we were a part of the empire dynasty because yeah. we were part of the board. So I that was something just to remember that every reaction and everything that I was talking about, it really was about serving the other character because it was their point of view of what I was doing. And mm. that is a really great thing to to remember when, especially when you're first starting out on, on camera or on stage is just what is the point of view of the scene? Mm -hmm because you don't want to be pulling focus because you're having an opinion about something that you're not, where it's not your story. Once you got to, to season four, it was really, uh, I found out from the, the, the showrunner at the end of the season, which was pretty funny. Um, when Forrest was uh, brought on to Empire, they, um, the director at the time, uh, they said, this is Quincy Jones. 
this, you know, just think of this person in the terms of the empire. It's not actually Quincy Jones, but right. if you were to put somebody in that kind of like, who is this guy? Because he's being introduced. This is like if Quincy Jones walked in the room. And so apparently I made a little bit of a face like, oh, right? Like, hmm. One of the writers saw it, another writer saw it, and then they decided that Edna was going to have a crush on him, and that then that also dictated uh, his character, Eddie, using Edna to try and get her money. And so then I got a nice little arc where that was servicing that story. So mm -hmm. it was really about the power play between Terrence and Forrest, and I was being utilized in that way. Um, but that was just because of a look that I gave. Wow. Right? So... That's just be you. Yeah, you never know who's looking. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, and it was really a wonderful experience because, you know, working with Andre, that was the first person that I worked with. That was the first day. It was, yeah. <laughs> was welcome to, uh, I, and I had done the Gabriels, and I had also done, I had shot an episode of Mind Games, um, but the series canceled the 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 episode before mine, mine aired. So this was the first time that I was gonna actually be on television. <laughs> and here I am in a elevator with, you know, bubbles coming out from under my skirt. <laughs> and it's like, hello, America. <laughs> yeah, so I had to get over myself really quickly. I just had to just be, know that this was the, the, serving the story and have fun with it and not take it too seriously and just play the truth of the scene. Thank you. That's great advice. I'm hoping to be able to utilize it someday. Um, okay, you've done uh, you've done short films, you've done features, you've done you know TV uh, uh, series as Empire as we talked about, and you've done some TV movies. What would you say are some of the kind of fundamental differences from an actor's perspective about being in those different uh, still on screen mediums? Again, it's knowing the point of view. Okay. That is really a great uh, thing to think about whenever you uh, join a project, is knowing whose story is being told and how you serve that story. Um, and when, when a scene is coming from your point of view, you have license, you have the ability, because it's your opinion, right? So it's a lot different than when you when you know that the story is coming through from somebody else's eyes and they want you to look like a monstrous person or they want you to look however they want you to go, it kind of dictates where, where you can play yeah. within the world that they've created. Also depends on the genre, you know, like Hot Date and, and Southside were very different than Empire. There's a lot of improvisation. Um, it was, it's a lot of fun when you can get the and you know there was some improvisation on empire as well which was lovely depending on who you were working with um and depending on if you had time you know there was a lot that you had to get done features sometimes it's a lot different that you know you're just going in for that little moment and then you're gone yeah. um and it it's really and 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 that's a, that's the case with all of the different i i don't see them as different projects i all see that i see them all as the same opportunity for you to hone your craft and to create a full character and to meet a director or a producer or a writer at the infancy of their career and see where they go you know i mean working with a director who's a student director 
who's doing their thesis project at you know DePaul or Columbia, mm -hmm. which I did one, and then I did their web series five years later, and they're more established. So it's really about building relationships and taking every opportunity as a gift. No, it's it's a great uh, great thing because you're still continuing to do short films, um, and yes. I love short films. I know that's kind of how I started building my career: students, shorts, and going up from there. But I love them. I, I just like that intimacy of uh, of a very small uh, crew that's all kind of working towards the same place. So to me, it's yeah. um, so. Well, yes. I mean, Empire, there are hundreds and hundreds of people that are working behind the yeah. scenes, the makeup artists and everybody's coming in and out. And there's mm. cut, there's extras, there's all these things. But even on a, a skeleton crew like Rogers Park, there was not very many people that were behind the scenes. There was just one. Mm. Uh, there was a cinematographer at, who, you know, there was just four people um, and they shot a full, but that's an independent. So it was, that, that was what, that was their budget. It was mm -hmm. a low media, our new media, low budget. And it ended up being one of my favorite uh, things that I've ever done in my career to date, ever, 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 because of the cast and because of what we were able to create. And the fact that we were able to tell a story with, with characters that are usually, um secondary or tertiary characters and other people's stories yeah. this became their character this was their story so yeah, yeah there's so many stories to tell yeah and, and just watching you in that film um it was it was it was a very pleasant experience uh from an acting perspective for me but it was a shocking experience as well because i always know you as the fun, smiling, uh, you know, sunshine personality. And watching you in that film is completely different. It's, I'm like, wow, um, she's really good. <laughs> that was my first thought watching it. She's really good. I, I, I haven't seen that side of her uh, in terms of being dramatic, but she's really good at it. I like her in comedy, but now I like her in drama too. <laughs> that, there, I mean, that was such a, labor of love, we improvised those characters for about a year prior to the wow. Carlos taking the backstory, kind okay. of creating the world. And then he wrote this film, kind of taking from that onward. Mm. And it was really collaborative in the way that it was put together. So by the time we started filming, there was such a trust between Antoine and myself. Um, yeah. Bringing in Christine and Johnny were two new actors that were it was just glorious to be able to work with them doing it in Chicago, having Rogers park basically be another character of the film was a love story to the area. Um, but yeah, it was really about getting into a vulnerable place and trusting that you were going to be safe there yeah. and just letting it all go. It was, it was something that I probably wouldn't have been able to do 10 years ago. Cause I don't mm -hmm. think I was, I saw myself as a comedian but man, was it fun. It was super fun. <laughs> and I'm and theater wise, that's actually, I mean, I am a comedian, I've done all that, but like yeah. when I've, when uh, most of the musicals that I was cast in, all the things that I, I like darker, um, meatier, uh, grittier things because they're fun to play. Those characters are awesome to play. And let's actually move uh, onto stage because you have, you know, you have a wide variety of things that you've done. You've done Larry Copper, you've done Shakespeare, 
and your second city uh, graduate from the conservatory program, which I want to get into in a few minutes. But um, what is your preference and is there one for you in terms of doing very serious stuff, in terms of doing musical theater or in terms of doing comedy? I like doing all of it. I mean, my base is comedy, but I like things that are funny until they're not. I like things that are human. And I think that um, telling a really good story, there's always comedy involved uh, because I think that we have to use it to deal with really horrible things that happen to us, you know, levity and bringing in that sort of way of dealing with things emotionally. That's where you can utilize, not comedy as in like shtick, but just yeah. finding so that we're right. not just playing one thing and it's not, I mean, that's too much. So I those are the things that I like th that gravitate towards where it is funny until it's not mm -hmm. with musicals. I mean, I like, uh, I've done, I've done a lot of what they call like bubble gum and they're super fun. They're super fun to be a part of. It's like going to, it's like going to camp. You're creating a character that's filled with bits and it's just so delicious. You want to go every day. Yeah. You want to, you want to resonate. But doing those characters like like Sarah Jane in, in Assassins, I mean, that's funny, but it's also she is a monster. So it's about being able to show how quickly she goes from everything's fine into, oh, no, she was she actually she tried to assassinate someone like she's not a good person. Yeah, <laughs> so it's playing around with that. Yeah, it's only funny until you get shot. OK, um, <laughs> perfect. Getting uh, getting to Second City. Um, I had the pleasure of taking A through E uh, there. That's, uh, you know, kind of how my uh, career in terms of uh, uh, acting uh, classes started. Uh, it was because I loved improv and I loved whose line is it anyway. And that's how I went into it. Um, I couldn't I couldn't put myself into, uh, into going to the conservatory because I loved it so much. And I knew that it was not something that I was going to be doing eventually. I wasn't going to be doing uh, improv, so I didn't want to spend the two and a half years that it would take, even if I got in to the, mm -hmm. uh, the conservatory program, because I didn't see myself being able to travel with the family and with all of the other things that I had going on. So I kind of, I had to cut myself out of that. Uh, the only thing that I allowed myself to do was audition for the music uh, improv conservatory program which um, there's a ton of stories. We don't have time to get into that now. But <laughs> how was your experience at Second City in the conservatory? And what, uh, in your opinion, has it done to help you get to where you are right now? I uh, was, all right, this was back in the Stone Ages, first of all. Like, it was a long, long time that I was there. So my experience is completely different than pretty much anybody that's going to go there now. I have no idea what it's like now, except for as a fan. That's right. And I am a fan. Um, but I, I was lucky enough because I asked to become an intern at Second City for my senior year, my last semester senior year. I worked okay. with Kelly Leonard in the office. Um, and then I was able to be the assistant director for the ETC show. So I would be, and this is the, the time of VHS. Mm -hmm. So part of my job would be to go to the improv sets that would be after the show, pick up the videos, take them home. I'd bike down and take them home. And then I'd put my earphones on with a typewriter and I would uh, transcribe the video to 
uh, script format. Have them the next morning, we would bring them in, I would bring them in, distribute them, and then the cast of that show, which included Jackie Hoffman and Ian Gomez and Scott Atsit, and I mean like amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Um, they would work on it and they would do it again and then they would put it back up that night and that's how they that's how they kind of generate new work. They try it live and then they write it down and see what's great. While I was um, as as an intern, they said you are allowed to because anybody can. And I and I uh, it was a different time. You had to do improv for a year professionally before you could audition for the conservatory. And I had been doing it in in uh, Boston with an uh, improv troupe. We had because we had to back up the prior year done a seminar at Second City. We all drove in, we did this seminar, we worked with Michael Gilman, we went to IO, we did a seminar there. And so we knew we needed to have a year experience, yeah. formed an improv group and performed in Boston, all over Boston. Right. So when I was an intern, um, they said, you, you know, you have the qualifications if you want to apply, there is no guarantee, but um, please do apply. And if you get in as an intern, you kind of are scholarshiped until the internship is over because you're in school. Okay. I was like, okay, great. So I auditioned and I got in and um, I, my class was amazing. My class has had Stephanie Weir in it and um, Ed Dassey and uh, they're just amazing, but amazing people were in my class. Um, and it was a really interesting time. It was the early nineties. It taught me about how, without getting into huge, you know, a huge thing, but female comedians uh, have a hard time. And we had a hard time then as well, uh, where it's the stigmatism of, oh, women aren't funny and they, they get advocated to playing, you know, the wife or the girlfriend all the time. Every time you get suggestions, there's always some sort of qualifier when it comes to the female uh, comedians that doesn't really apply to the male comedians. You know, they'll be like, you're a dentist, but they don't say that to you. They'll say something that really just is very um, associated with your sex at that that time. And, you know, it hasn't really progressed that much since then. So the biggest thing that I learned when I was at Second City is to stop apologizing for who I was as a comedian and stop apologizing for the things that I was creating as a writer and an artist. And, apologize, and by, by that, I mean, um, and this was something that we didn't notice that we were doing, you would say something like, I'm not quite sure yet how it's going, but, or I haven't really seen all of these things yet. As we were pitching and Tom Janis, who was our teacher at the time, very um, succinctly said, if you don't have confidence, I don't have confidence, go sit down. And that was hard to hear, but then it was like, oh, I'm apologizing for my idea before I'm even trying it. Dare to fail, be free to fail. That's what improv taught me. That's what it taught me. It gave me a huge ability to trust, listening, active listening, know exactly the energy of a room, especially as a theater artist, to be able to, I mean, I was the type of improviser that I would always button it. I would see the beginning, middle, and end. If you were going to the moon, that was fine, because I would be able to make the scene work, and I would always kind of have the reaction to whatever energy I was feeling in the room. I was the Watson. I call it, I call it the Watson in the room. They were always Sherlock talking about all these things. And you always need the Watson to be like, what are you talking about, Sherlock? Nobody knows what you're saying. And they'll be like, oh, oh, I'm talking about all these things. And everyone goes, ah, ah, ah. And so that was my, I found my niche. I found how to use windows mm -hmm. and how to use silence and how to trust my own voice. So 
I think that improvisation is essential for every actor. It It's like a muscle. So it keeps you in that place of, of making choices without thinking too hard about like what are others, other people going to say and you just do it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then you try something else. You know, that's what takes are for or that's what rehearsal is for. But to trust that your voice and that what you're thinking should at least be tried is a huge lesson to learn as an artist. Perfect. So Thank right. you. Thank you. Um, let's, uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to dive into uh, your writing and your producing. You know, first of all, when do you have time for everything? And, yeah. and second of all, um, how does that, um, how does that versatility between your stage uh, or on stage rather on camera and then your other uh, things like producing and writing, how does that all play together and does it help you in all of the other areas or is it more of an outlet? Hey, I've done a lot of this. I need this in order to balance myself. How does that work for you? It started autobiographically. I started just kind of writing things and then my best friend, uh, Corbett Pasco, who awesome. uh, is my writing partner, yep. uh, who is awesome, who also writes monologues for people, and she's amazing, and she does live lit and, and, and write club. Uh, oh. Go find Corbett Pasco. She's amazing. Uh, we'll, we'll link, we'll link uh, Corbett yeah, at, at the bottom. Yep. Uh, we we wanted to write a superhero play for women in their 30s and so we did for mm -hmm. the factory theater which we were both ensemble members at the time um and so we started by writing something for ourselves which was very improv based it felt very she went to io i went to yeah. second city you know it was very much like just improvising scenes and then putting them to the page using that kind of muscle again um but then when we started, then we started doing um, online, the Get in the Car, those were all improvised. That entire series on YouTube is just improvised. And that's Corey. Corey just decided one day to start asking me questions because she likes the way I answer stuff off the cuff. And so it became just a, a joy to be able to just kind of talk to our friends. Mm -hmm. And through that, we decided to create Corey and Sarah Are Famous, which is the web series based on the Get, Get in the Car. Yeah. And every single time I start to write something, I think, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to forget how to do this. I'm going to forget how like sentences work and structure <laughs> because I didn't, I, I mean, I don't know how to pitch anything. Like we're creating pitch Bibles and I'm using words that I don't even know what they mean. You just do, if you feel like writing, write, just write, do it, let it out. And see if there's a story inside of you find a writing partner have readings bring your friend bring your friends together hear your words out loud out loud and the best advice that i can give to anybody is don't be afraid to kill your favorite parts of your show if it doesn't work you can keep that scene and put it on the shelf and maybe that character will be somewhere else yeah. And that started with our first play. We had a character that we loved named Gladys that we had to kill. She was like the Alfred of the superhero. And there, it just wasn't her story. We kept on forcing her and we just needed. But what we realized is that Corey and I like to um, talk a lot in stage directions, 
And so mm -hmm. someone gave us a suggestion that that should be a narrator because it's a comic book. So then we created a narrator who was this homeless guy named Gladys. And he just showed up, you know, sometimes he was sitting in the audience, sometimes he was talking, whatever. And so, but we had to kill off Gladys to bring back Gladys, you know? So Perfect. that's what I would say, just do it, enjoy it, read it out loud and then do it again. Yeah. Perfect. Um, as we wrap up, and uh, this is the only questions that uh, that is the same question that I ask every actor that appears on the show. Um, okay. If you were able to give one piece of advice to an earlier version of your acting self, what would that be? You can be seen on television. Hmm. When I was in my 20s, when I was first starting up, the reason why I started so late in film and television was because I was told by an agent that I'd never be in film and television because oh, nobody looked like me. No, I swear to God. Um, because nobody looked like me on television. I'd never have a career on television uh, because I was curvy and because I was uh, loud and theatrical and uh, I should you know, go towards the improv <laughs> and theater thing, thing um and leave film and now to be fair mm -hmm. at that point this was a very commercial town there was nothing else going on and um really i mean there was early edition i think and er and that er didn't even film here mm -hmm. um there were there weren't as many agencies and they were very much the way that putting people into packages and types and yeah. that's it um and so i would tell her to love herself and to trust herself and not to think of herself as um, older characters, not to wait till she's 40 to be to be okay with who she is and what she has to say. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I would say. And that's what I would say to any, any newer actor. Um, we're learning from the, the generation that is now, and that has been a glorious ride for those of us who came up through um, the entire storefront scene here and and which was glorious and and so much vibrant theater here um but not a lot of film and television no cinespace none of these these opportunities um and i listened to that voice that said you shouldn't that your story doesn't matter and that you are i don't know that you don't matter hmm. so that's what i would say thank you um I'm sure a lot of people still want to hear that, uh, even though there's not enough, but there is more representation out there and people are starting to see themselves on TV. Um, but thank you for saying that, because I think that's that's really important for people to hear. Um, yeah, I you wish aren't one type. You are yeah. not. If someone says you're the character actor, that's you still can fall in love on camera. You still can have boyfriends and girlfriends and 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 anything you can you 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 are a person you are a human being and you and the same things happen to you that happen to every single other person in just a different way because it's all you know individually based but there's no reason for anybody to say that you, that you shouldn't be a part of this if this is where you want to be i agree thank you um I want to talk to you more. Please come back. I have a bunch more questions that I wanted to ask you about your move to LA, about many, many other topics, but uh, how about we make that a part two? Okay. It was really great to see you. 
Thank you. Likewise, uh, it's it was lovely to be your student. Uh, I am grateful to be your friend, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much, um, and thank you for everybody who's tuning in to our love of acting. As you see, that's really what it's all about. It's our love of acting. Enjoy and uh, come back. Subscribe. There is a lot more coming. Thank you.